0: Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart do nothing but praise the King. Father, we ask that you would come with such power with us that there would not be a life here that isn't touched by the King. That God, you would be with us in such a way that loves us, in such a way that Molds us in such a way that is with us that we are actually shaped. Our lives actually become a part of this King and look like our King named Jesus. It's amazing that we could have anything to do with you, Jesus. It's amazing that we could be a part of your kingdom and not just as slaves, but as sons and daughters. Praise the King. Come with power, because it's the opening prayer and I'm weeping, and we got a sermon to preach. But may it all praise the King. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look again at that Lord's Prayer and also another prayer in John 17, uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer. For the last couple of weeks, we've been wrestling with this question or this thought that God is my king. It's interesting, actually, we were studying through, as you remember, if you've been here, the book of Ruth this year, an amazing book that leads us from brokenness to life. So good news for all of you who come here, maybe broken, uh, maybe lacking a little life. That's what God provides us. That's how God rescues us. But as we look closer at the book of Ruth, we've realized that there's a major theme of the Bible, a really important theme that we all must understand if we're to understand the Bible, and it's being rescued right there in that little book of Ruth. And it's this. God is my king. Praise the king. Let it ring. God is my king. This book of Ruth is a story of redemption of one family. One family line. And the family's Elimelech. And that name means God is my king. Well, I thought that I was here to preach to you a couple of sermons on what does it mean that God is my king. And really the Holy Spirit has led me to say, let's slow down. Let's examine this a little bit deeper. Let's really look at this. And what does it mean that God is my king? Last week, we looked at the problem with God as king. The problem with having God as our king. Do we really want it? Do you know that Americans have what many call a little bit of an authority problem? We don't like kings too much. We like to be our own kings. We like to have our own reign and rule and our own lifestyle. So what is this problem with God as king? Do you know that as God as king, he wants to be your identity. Do you want to be identified with Jesus? He wants to be your validity. He wants your life. Listen, your life right now, not validated because of what you do, not validated because of your last name or how much you have in the bank. He wants to validate your life. Ready for this? Because you're his. This king wants your life validated through a relationship with him. He wants to be your provider. Provide not just all your wants, but your needs. So the problem with God as king is, do we want him to be the one who tells us who we are? Do we want him to be the one who provides us what we need? Do we want him to be the one who tells us what to do? Do we wanna really live for that king? And this week we're gonna look at this challenge because any king has a kingdom. Any king has a kingdom in which his subjects are supposed to live. And i got to tell you, there's a challenge. There's a real challenge of living under God's kingdom or as a part of God's kingdom. So we're going to evaluate three keys with living in God's kingdom this week. If you want to follow along in your bulletin, there'll be an outline there that will help you. And the three keys or the three key challenges, I should say, of living in God's kingdom are these three challenges. God tells us that we're to live in the world, but not of the world. That we're to be a part of the world, but really our, our identity and our hope is not found in this world. There's a challenge that there's a kingdom whose reign and rule we should submit to, but there's a kingdom also that's in opposition to that. How are we doing living in the world, but not of the world? We're going to dissect that. And that's really going to do with the other two points the challenge of not living too much in the world. Because Satan and the enemy would love the church, would love us to just be like the world. So we have nothing to leverage for God's glory. So there's no distinction between us and the way we live and the way the world lives. But you know it's not supposed to be that way, right? I mean, we're God followers. Those of us who have Jesus as our Lord of Lords and King of Kings, are we living too much in the world? And we have a tendency to go to extremes. Either that way or the last, the third challenge, the challenge of living too much, not of the world. Completely saying the world's bad and and I want nothing to do with it and stepping completely out of the world. Well, our text today to help us understand this challenge of of God's kingdom is in two prayers that Jesus gives us in the New Testament. The first prayer you're probably familiar with, it's the Lord's prayer. We've We've said it today. And actually right there in the Lord's prayer, We're going to find answers to the challenge of how we are to live our lives with Jesus as King. Listen, answers of how we're supposed to live with this kingdom. This tension of being in and not of. But there's another prayer. Another prayer that we're going to look into. And it's a prayer that is recorded in John 17. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit capturing this prayer. It's a prayer to his father right before he became your sin and mine. It's a prayer that he, led, he said to his father right before that cross, right before he was going to save the world through his death and resurrection. And we can tune into that prayer and what he says. We'll pick it up and says, again, reminds us of who we are in Christ Jesus. So if you will look with me, let's look at uh, Matthew 6 first. We'll pick up in verse 9. I'll read all of it, but our focus will be 6, 9, and 10. And then we'll change, we'll go to John 17. Jesus' disciples ask him, hey Jesus, how do we pray? And Jesus says this, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's turn to John 17 and pick up mid-prayer, Jesus' prayer to the Father. In verse 14, Jesus says, speaking of the disciples, but by the way, in verse 20, we see that he's praying for us as well. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are, and look at this, not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them or really make them holy. Interesting. Make them like me in truth. And the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me, Father, into the world, Jesus said, so I have sent them into the world. And for the sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Let us pray. Father, help us to understand. This is confusing. What does it mean to be a part of your kingdom that's come? And yet a part of a kingdom that's still to come. What does it mean to be in the world, but not of the world? Come and be teacher. Come and be preacher. Come and speak so we can understand. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You see, the first thing of the challenge of the kingdom of God is that, is the challenge of living in the world, but not of the world. That we kind of have to live our lives kind of in between. And we're all kind of like uh, Billy Joel song. We have the uh, propensity to go to extremes, don't we? We have a tendency to go from one extreme to another. But God has come and he's called his people to live in this tension, to live as a part of a kingdom that's here and not fully here, and live in the midst of a kingdom that is in strife with the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus came into the world and he made an incredible announcement. Jesus came as, as God in flesh. Jesus came as God's own son. He came and he made an announcement. He says, the kingdom of God is his hand. I bring the reign of God with me. I bring the rule of God with me. I bring the blessings of the kingdom of God with me. They're all found in me. So when Jesus came uh, and he made the announcement, when he first started preaching that there was good news, Good news for them back then, good news for us, the kingdom of God is at hand. And this is basically saying the hope of all of God's people, the hope that they've longed for, can God be my king? Can God be my king? Had finally come, had finally been realized that the hope of a God is my king had arrived. The kingdom had come through God's own son. I tell you, this king, he he was a warrior. This king was a warrior. Jesus came and he had a fight for this kingdom. He had a fight to bring his kingdom. And he he came and he came and he defeated, listen, he defeated God's greatest enemies. And God's greatest enemies are yours and mine greatest enemies. And what is it? Well, in Jesus' time, when he came bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, they thought that this kingdom meant the enemies were the Romans. And it meant that they were eventually gonna throw off an earthly reign of the Romans and Jesus was gonna set up an earthly reign right here on earth. But let me tell you something, Jesus came for a whole lot more than just to unpower the Romans. I mean, Jesus came for your greatest enemy and my greatest, God's greatest enemy. What is that? Sin and death. Everything that separates us from God, everything that alienates us from God, everything that li- makes our lives a living hell without God, Jesus came and said, I'm going to battle for it. I'm going to rescue them. I'm going to battle sin and death by becoming their sin, by absorbing God's wrath. I'm going to set them free. And there's such good news of Jesus' is not only did he come as a king, as a warrior to battle sin for us, he conquered death for us. That, that empty tomb, that we know that death no longer reigns, that even now, you know what? Life reigns in Christ Jesus. We have hope, a living hope. This warrior named Jesus came and he defeated ours and his greatest enemy, much greater than Rome, sin and death. But you know what else he has to conquer? <laughs> and what a conqueror he is. He's got to conquer our hearts. You know, our hearts are born in rebellion to him. Our, our hearts are sin-soaked and selfish and self-consumed. And this warrior named Jesus not only defeats sin and death, but he's got to come and conquer our own hearts. And by his grace, through faith, he does. You know how bad our hearts are in his eyes? It's not that he could clean them up. It's not that he could just move into a part of them. He says that our king and our conquering king. He's come to give us a brand new heart, a heart that beats for him, a heart that would want to live for his reign and rule, a heart that loves him, a heart that he intended. So this warrior king that Jesus, who came announcing good news of come with a kingdom, he came and he defeated not only his and our enemies, but also our hearts. And oftentimes in Christians, we say, okay, great stuff. He came for more. You see, king of kings and lord of lords is a king who wants to rule and wants to reign. King of kings and lord of lords is a king who wants to rule and reign in every area of your life, in all parts of your life, in everything in creation. You know that, right? I mean, right now, Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the the desire for heavens and the one day reality is that Jesus will reign and rule forever here on earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So he wants to reign in your heart and mine. Sometimes as Christians, we forget that. I got to get right to the good news. Do you know that Jesus reigning and ruling in your heart brings you joy? Do you know that re, re, Jesus reigning and ruling in your heart brings you freedom? Do you know that Jesus, I mean, bowing to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and embracing what he's done for you on the cross, living in accordance to what he wants you to do, was going to bring you liberty in life? Everything else imprisons us. But we've got to live with this in between, this, this right now. The kingdom of God has come. It's here right now. Jesus is ruling right now. But the Bible also tells us it's not fully come. Well, he tells us in that prayer that we pray thy kingdom come. What does that mean? What does it mean the kingdom has come, but we're to pray that the kingdom will still come? It means this, it's as if the kingdom is not fully here. And in God's people that we must pray, we must hope of a greater reign and rule of Jesus to come here, more peace on earth, more of the love of Christ here. That's how we're to live and to hope. And now we have this challenge, the challenge of living in two worlds, in two kingdoms. And oh, as Christians, do we have the propensity to go to extremes. Okay, you got to get this. There's an enemy who wants us to live either too much in the world and be no good, or to be loved too much not of the world and to be no good. Useless. I want to show you those two things. So we have this tension. But the second thing is, is the challenge of living too much in the world. If there's a phrase to remember this, this is, you can follow along the bulletin. The challenge of living too much in the world is answered this way. Love the world for heaven's sake. Love this world for heaven's sake. We are the church. We are the ones by God's grace who've been called out. And you know what God wants us to be? It's crazy. Colony of heaven on earth. Colony of heaven on earth, right here, right now, church. That's what we're supposed to be. Colony of heaven on earth. And maybe as crazy it sounds with, a, with a humans living on the moon or on the Mars as a, as a colony represented in a foreign place. Church, we are to be a colony of heaven on earth right now. What does that mean? We are to be the ones who live right now under the reign and rule of Jesus. He is our king today. This should be the place, Orangewood, this should be the place where heaven and earth meet. This is a place of God's children that we're worshiping him, that, that are living our lives saying, we want to be obedient to him. This is the place that God wants us to be, such a strange and peculiar people, the way we love one another and the way we love him, is that the world says, hmm, there's something different about Those people, there's an, aroma, they, there's an aroma about them. They smell like Jesus. They're the aroma of Christ. Th- those people, I mean, have you seen the way that they love and care for have you? Do you see the way they love and honor God? They don't live like us. My brothers and sisters, God has called us not to be too much in the world. Why? Because we are called to be a colony of heaven on earth. We are to love the world in a way that brings the kingdom of God with us, the reign and rule of Jesus with us. And, and listen, here's what, here's what Satan wants to do. He, he wants to make us just like everybody else. He, he wants us to be so similar. There's no distinction, that there's, there's really nothing different, that, that we're so vanilla. There's nothing to advance God's kingdom. Church, I have good news. God wants you to be so different than that world out there. He wants you to be God-soaked. He wants to fill your heart with love. And he wants us to find our lives surrendering to him. Let me give you a couple of examples if you're too much in this world. And I got to tell you, Orangewood, I think that's our propensity. It's your pastor's. You know, you're too much in the world if you're looking to this world to give you what only the next world can and should, your identity. If you're looking for your identity, If you're looking for this world to tell you who you are, you're looking in the wrong place and you're too much in this world. If you're looking for this world, again, maybe your job or your status in life or your bank account to be your validity, you're too much in this world. If you're looking for this world to be your security, if you think that you're going to be secure by enough money to save or the money you make or your security, you're too much in this world. And again, if you have nothing to leverage, if, if, if your life is no different than the way someone who doesn't know and love Jesus, you have nothing to leverage for the kingdom. You're too much in the world. If there's no catalyst of change in you, if you and I are what Satan wants us to be, vanilla. You're too much in the world if you're like that seed who's been choked out by the cares of the world. You lose your perspective. If all that is consuming you is the cares of the world, you've lost your perspective. Church, you're not supposed to be in this world. Church, this is not your identity. Church, Jesus is not done with this yet. I know life's hard. I know some of you guys are in the teeth of a really big storm right now. Satan wants you to completely lose perspective. You're not in it. Your hope is not here. Listen, Jesus says this, pray and hope for the kingdom of God to come more fully. That's how he wants us to live our lives. I gotta tell you, I walked into Publix yesterday and there was a sign, there was a sign right above Publix that says, your neighbors are hungry. And I wept. And maybe I'm just getting ready to preach and the Holy Spirit's on me, but I just think, really, my neighbors are hungry? Really? You know how he wants us to live to that reality? kingdom come, Jesus. There shouldn't be hunger. There shouldn't be kids that are being abused. There shouldn't be broken families. There shouldn't be cancer. There shouldn't be this much strife. There shouldn't be this much brokenness. Thy kingdom come, Jesus. Thy kingdom come. Come more. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come. The reign and rule. Come. Come to my neighbors who are hungry. Come to my neighbors who are broken. Come to this pastor who's still soaked in sin. Come. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done. Come, Lord Jesus. I think this is where the congregation has a tendency to drift. Remember, our liberty is found in Christ. We're called to be foreigners and strangers in this world. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're looking for this world to give us things like our identity, our security, and our validation, it will always lead to bondage, always. All right. The third thing, the challenge of living too much not of this world. If the first point was this, remember? Love the world for heaven's sake. Now, let me go one more time. Love the world for heaven's sake, which means this take heaven's rules, heaven's reign, and heaven's love, and love the world that way. All right, you get it? So, love the world with a kingdom mindset. Love the world for heaven's sake. You ready for this next one? Too much not of the world? You're gonna say it in church. Love the hell out of the world. Oh my goodness. No, seriously, that's what we're called to do. Love the hell out of the world. You know what? The hell is the reign and rule that's not of Jesus. The hell is the bondage that comes with worshiping anything other than to try God. Hell exists where the reign and rule of Jesus is not present. That's hell. And God has called us as his ambassadors. God has called us as his children to go and to love this world in a way that we're loving the hell right out of it. There's a radical, crazy PCA pastor, there's not many of us, uh, up in Newark, New Jersey. He's got an amazing urban ministry of renewal. It's called Safe Haven. His last name's Iverson. He's got a great family tradition. And this this is what they say about their motto, trying to go into New Jersey and bring change to New Jersey. Their motto, to serve and love the hell out of each other. Wow! Man! Really? See, the challenge of living not too much, uh, not of this world, is completely removing yourself from this world. If you're here and you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to start living when Jesus comes back, or I'm going to start, the, the, that the next life is the life that I'm supposed to live. If you're just looking for what's to come, you're not living right now. And that's not how God wants you to be. If if you're just basically saying, I'm not of the world, it doesn't matter what the world does. It doesn't matter. It's it's, it's crazy. It's all going to burn. If you're living not of this world completely, you're no earthly good. And God has called you to be his ambassador. If you're living not of this world completely, you've completely lost mission. And we have to know God is calling us to be in submission, but God also is calling us to be on mission for him. It's a great joy. Here are some telltale signs that you're too much not of this world. If you're just hanging out until the good stuff comes, if your life is basically saying, I'm just going to hang here and kind of wait until something better comes. It's kind of like when I went to the U2 concert. I had a stand-up seat, and I wanted to get as close to the front as I could. And it was a hot day, and you press as far as up front, and the first thing they do is they have a warm-up band. It wasn't a bad band, but you know, I didn't care. I didn't matter if I was talking. It didn't matter if I had to go to use the restroom. I didn't really listen. It was not, I, oh, the, the real stuff hasn't come out yet. I mean, U2's not out there yet. You know, Christians, we often live our lives like this is just the warm-up band, that this doesn't really matter. It just, just kind of do whatever you want until Jesus comes back or until you go be with him. I tell you, what, Satan would love for you to think what you do right now doesn't matter. Satan would love to have you think this is just a warm-up band. Satan would love to think you have no responsibility in this earth right now, but it's not true. God has called us right here, right now to have an eternal impact for him. This is another telltale sign. If you're too much not of this world, if you're just judgmental about anything in the world, if just anything in the world just immediately makes you sit on a high horse and start that's wrong, that's stupid, can't believe they do that. If you're just so judgmental that anything that happens in this world immediately makes you a critic, be careful. You're probably too much not of this world. And you probably have nothing to say to this world. And you probably aren't loving your neighbor as yourself. If you're not appreciating another telltale sign, if you're not appreciating the inherent beauty of this world, have you seen the azaleas lately? Are they not awesome? I mean, have you not pulled over one time and seen a bougainvillea in full bloom and not blown away of God? Have you walked on the ocean shore recently and not seen God's creation? It's beautiful, it is amazing. God made all of this out of nothing. Some of us are like, yeah, whatever. You know, God called it good. God called it good and he called us to be stewards of it. And the amazing thing about this creation is this, it's sin-cursed. It says that in the scripture, it says this, even the trees are longing for redemption. Isn't that amazing? All of creation is groaning. Everything that you see is beautiful is still under a curse. Can you imagine how this is going to look when Jesus comes back? But the reality is now is we're to live our life in thanksgiving. We're to live our lives enjoying God's beauty. Do you? If you just think that this is like the wrapper of a Big Mac that would be thrown away, to get to the good stuff, you're missing it. God wants you to have an impact now. If you're feeling guilty, know a telltale sign of enjoying this world. If there's a good day, and you know maybe it's a cool breeze and a rocking chair, or or my favorite, a hammock. Uh, if you're feeling guilty for enjoying this world, that it's something icky going on inside of you, you're probably too much not of this world. And not only that, you're probably missing some very fine uh, wine and some very good cigars. I want to say something to the young people. Enjoy the hell out of the world is what your pastor said. But there's something different. If it's ever illegal, it's always wrong. Listen, you hear that? It's true from not just the young people. It's for us too. So some young people say, well, hey, you know, you know what? I, I enjoy alcohol. If you're not, of alcohol, if you're not old enough, you're, you're dishonoring God. He says, obey authority. Marijuana makes me enjoy God's word and creation more. A little bit of buzz is going to be even better. Enjoying God's word under the reign and rule of Christ means we submit to him. So if it's illegal, it's never right. And not only that, but don't be a stumbling block. You know, uh, you might enjoy a a good uh, cigar or a, a taste of wine. I want you to know, I think that God has given us those things to enjoy in moderation. When I was a youth pastor, I never ever ordered alcohol out. I never wanted to have a kid see me drink it. Uh, I never kept it in my house. I never wanted a kid to come in my house and see it. Why? Because I couldn't enjoy it? No, I think I could. I didn't want to be a stumbling block. I've been making up for it for the last 10 years. I'm (laughs) telling you right now, all (laughs) right? Listen, if you're too much telltale sign of not of this world, you're not working to change the world because you just don't think it matters. But I want you to tell you something. Jesus has come to make all things new. Jesus has come to restore this earth the way it should be. His life, death, and resurrection makes it possible. His return makes that imminent and a done deal. In church, now we are the ones to bring heaven to earth. Now we're the ones to live under the reign and rule of Jesus. Now we are the ones to change the world for him. If you're not gonna enjoy the world because it's evil and bad, you've completely missed your calling to God's creation. Orangewood, enjoy the hell out of the world. Live your life with the hope and prayer for the world to come. That's how we're supposed to do it. It's, it's a weird thing. Live your life with the hope and prayer, thy kingdom come. I don't want my neighbors hungry. Thy kingdom come. I don't want my wife battling cancer. Thy kingdom come. I don't want my kids being uh, prodigals. Come, Lord Jesus. Live your life with a prayer of thy kingdom come. But live, listen, Christians, live your life as the kingdom has come. Your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done now as it is in heaven. How is it with you in regards to the challenge of the kingdom this morning. The first question is this, are you in the kingdom of God? Are you in it? Have you given to your your life as Jesus is king? Have you come to the place where you've bowed before him and said, Jesus, come be my Lord, be my king, take my sins, remove them as far as the east is from the west. May I wear the robe of your righteousness. Take me from a child of darkness into a child of light. Take me from one who is far off to one who is brought near. Make me a co-heir with Christ. Man, what an amazing kingdom. What a gracious God. Have you come to that point? You know, Jesus came so you would not be of this world. Jesus came to love you right out of it. Do you know that love? How about the rest of you? Are you living too much in the world? Are you living too much? Is there just like no distinction? Nothing to leverage? Are you too much in this world? What, what is the Holy Spirit right now is just saying? These are some areas in your life, you know. I'm not the, you're not submitting to my reign and rule. What about the rest of you? Are some of you living too much not of this world? You have nothing to do for the kingdom? Ornswood, love the world for heaven's sake. The reign and rule of Jesus. Ornswood, love the hell out of this world. Bring heaven to earth. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the incredible joy the incredible life-giving hope and reality of serving Jesus as king. Thank you, Jesus, that you are, whether we acknowledge it or not, you are Lord of lords and you are king of kings. And thank you for how gracious you are to share your kingdom with us. That you don't want us just to be slaves in your kingdom. You want us to be your sons and your daughters co with Christ. God, I pray for any soul here who is yet to bow to Christ as King. May today be the day when they know the joy and the life that's found in surrendering to Jesus as King. Father, for those of us who are too much in the world, nudge the world out of us. May we truly live with this kingdom hope with what's to come. Make us different. For those of us who are too much not of this world and just don't feel like this matters, God, remind us that you've called us today to advance your kingdom. Father, may you come with power into this church, into this pastor. And may we live praying, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's stand and sing.